good to see you. Not to give you any, or to try to gain any pity or anything, but uh, I feel like trash. So we're going to get through this together. Um, I may have been mentioned earlier in service, I haven't heard I'm intentionally trying to stay away from you to poison you. So uh, if you guys want to shake my hands afterwards and you need a week off, come and talk to me. Um, Connect groups are starting in September, and I want to let you know that that's something that we've intentionally kind of put into the rhythms of Kingsway, and that's because we believe life is better together. And uh, I know for some of you, this last week was a time of celebration. We had a wedding or two and some fun things, engagements and cool things that are going on, and it's fun to celebrate with a group of people that know you. But I also know there's tragedy this week, and there's heartache and brokenness and death and um, even some celebrations that came out of hurt, uh, like a last cancer treatment, um, or things that, uh, yeah. And uh, I just tell you all that to say that, man, life is better together. It's really fun when you have something amazing happen and you get to share it with somebody. And it's really hard to walk through something difficult alone. And it's not an if, it's a when. And so I know this is like a short pr promo to you, but you can go to kingswaymo.info and sign up for a connect group that will start in September. And why not uh, offer yourself, uh, your warts and, and bruises and scars included, to someone else to be their celebration, to be their, uh, their comfort in a time of hurt, and also in, in return, maybe possibly receive that back. So take that, check that out, kingswaymo.info, and we can do that living community, which is better together. We are finishing our Radical Summer uh, series today. And uh, I'm going to do my best to be as excited about this as possible, though I really am, though I sound like I'm a Muppet. <clears throat> um, we've been talking about now for seven weeks, this series is about not trying to go to church, but being the church. And being the church is something different than just showing up and <laughs> being marked off in the attendance. And I promise you today is one of those days of not wanting to mark off the attendance, but obviously wanting to be the church. Um, and that really comes uh, around one kind of thought that is very, very prevalent here at Kingsway, and we say it all the time, and that is, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing, and that is a uh, full expression of what we just did together in communion, uh, where we receive uh, the blood, <laughs> which is the covering grace and love of Christ, and then we also, in that moment, receive uh, the gift of eternal life that is the conquering of death, that is the eternal life that is offered through the resurrection of Jesus. And so in that moment, of course, that is just an incredible gift that we can all just take advantage to, to realize we're all equal at the foot of the cross. But in that moment, too, we recognize that there is a new kingdom that has come. And through this series, that, so it's what we've been talking about a lot, is that there's a different way that Jesus is trying to show that this world is broken and hurting and decaying and not his eternal place, but there is a new kingdom starting, something new inside of us, something that was given birth on that resurrection day that we're all invited into. And so when we say you're blessed to be a blessing, what we mean is you are given the opportunity, lavished with love, lavished with grace, so that you in turn can take those talents, gifts, maybe even money, whatever, you know, taking all those things and turning outward and recognizing that Jesus didn't hold on to those things, but offered them freely to us, and we turn and offer them to the people around us, which is a really cool statement. I know for some of you, you're like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But for some of you, you may never heard it explained like that. So you've heard blessed for blessed, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
But that, that really has at the core of it the kind of the full life expression that we have here at Kingsway. And that bless idea, I want to show you how over the last seven weeks you've kind of maybe recognized what was going on, but maybe didn't fully get the picture of what was going on over the last seven weeks. So I want to kind of show you what we kind of did to kind of explain to you what blessed looks like. So if you weren't here for this whole movie and you kind of came intermittently when you went camping and saw tons of fun things and you did great things, that's awesome. You're going to get the full story today, okay? You're going to get the full unveiling, which is like how the way I did school a lot too. I cheated, all right? Don't cheat. You guys were like, yeah. So here's, here's what we kind of did as an unfailing here in the first couple weeks. Uh, Kevin did a great job of introducing this idea of beginning with prayer. Uh, and that was the thought that interceding, being the church, is actually interceding with people first when they do not see it. It's actually being a part of their lives and, and, and inviting them to be, blessing them before they even meet you. Blessing them before they even know you. Recognizing that's the first step sometimes to, to taking that relationship to a place to open doors and to offer love and grace before you've even face to face, which is amazing. So that's, that was one of the first weeks. And then we did listen. And man, that was, that was one of the, f- <laughs> I'm terrible at listening. And so when Kevin outlined this, he, he did a great job of saying that listening is most of the time the first step to loving. Listening is most of the time the first step to really loving someone. It's when you sit down and I'm terrible because I'll hear what you're saying and I'll prepare my next statement and I won't finish what you're saying or we won't finish what the other person's saying. We won't hear it. And we're, we're so ready to say what we have on our lips and our minds and our hearts to get the next, and, that we, we, and we forget that listening is really an incredible labor of love. And, and the fun thing about this is look no further than Jesus, right? I mean, can you imagine the most smart, powerful creator, all eternal being sitting down with 12 guys a lot and listening to their conversations? I bet that was real eye-opening to him, right? It's a lot like probably sitting down with your two-year-old sometimes and you describe the space monkeys or whatever random object he finds interesting that day. I, I find that in my own heart, what I forget is that in the listening is the labor of love for relationship. It's where I learn about the person. It's what I learn what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their life. And a lot of times it's where I learn what I need to be speaking into and also what I need to be learning myself. Begin with prayer. Listen, and then just a few weeks ago, we talked about eating. It was my favorite sermon of the whole series. Imagine that. We just talked about the idea of the communal aspect of eating together and not adding anything to your schedule, but actually just taking advantage of what's already in your schedule. You and I already eat. What if we just invited someone into a meal? What if we invited someone to go out? What if, what if, what if we invited someone to come over and have a meal with us even before we brought them to church? Whoa, that'd be crazy, right? And, and the thought behind this is just that that's what Jesus did a lot with his disciples. He just sat down and ate. He took advantage of what was already routinely inside the, the community, inside the culture, and he just said, what if we just did this more intentionally? And you'd be, ama- you'd be amazed to see how many of your best memories at least have somewhat attached to a meal or an event that was attached to food. <laughs> and it's because that's just something that naturally we gravitate to that brings relationships, that bring fun. And I've never been more happy than when I've had a good steak. Just saying. 
Oh, a couple weeks ago we did serve, and this was the one that I, I just challenged you to say that maybe there was more purpose, maybe there was more purpose behind the idea of serve, that serving wasn't an obligation, but maybe it was an opportunity to love, and that with our hands and with our opportunities that are in our, our local places, our workplaces, our homes, people that we don't even know, that we see an opportunity to love, not an obligation to serve. And we actually step out and we say that's a part of being blessing. And if you're not putting this together yet, there's, this is an acronym. And so the last one is share your story. And that was just this last week. And uh, talking about just the concept of you seeing how your story fits into the greater story. And God wants to harness all of your brokenness, your hurts, and your pain to elevate and magnify his love and grace and to show and reveal how your story fits into the gospel, this new kingdom message and that you and I have an opportunity to either be transparent and share that, the small ways, right? Start small, point to Jesus, start with a friend, tell a friend, whatever it looks like, just to get your words out, to, to, to try to express the hope that you have, the hope that you have in a small way. And for most of us in here, that, that is intimidating and that's scary because it, it feels like maybe that's not our giftedness or maybe they already know and it's gonna be over the top. But I, I promise you, um, there are people in your life, daily life, that need some hope, uh, that need the encouragement of the love that you've received. And hearing a part of your story, we recognize that every person has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And so as you and I begin to share our lives and share our stories, it actually points to and leads to the greater story being told under the kingdom of Jesus. So, because of this, this is such a cool thing. This, this, this actually takes us from being the church is being part of the bigger story. So go back to that BLESS acronym real quick. This idea really becomes something that you and I can do. When we say blessed to be a blessing, uh, this is no longer like abstract. Does that make sense? Like, obviously, there's some holes in this. I mean, you're going to come up and go, where's this, where's that? That's all right. We're, we're not trying to cover the whole game. We're just trying to say, what if we just did this well? Uh, what if a church, what if as a church, we just did this well? I mean, we got the eating thing almost down. I mean, what if, what if we did this well? What if we were known for being a church that really was an example of what it's like to truly be a blessing to the people around you. And this was our definition. I think it would change a lot. I like the idea here that this story of, or being a blessing would actually tell and be, make us a part of the bigger story. Um, and I, I have told a Bob Goff quote every week and I'm actually repeating the one from last week because it's just so good. And because of that, if we're a part of that bigger story and this being a blessed, blessed to be a blessing, it really does give this quote just new light in my mind. It, it really brings the freshness and fullness of what he's trying to communicate. We don't always get to pick the parable we're living in. In other words, you don't get to pick your blessings. Always. Right? You don't get to, you're like, give me the rich blessing so I can just give a bunch of money away. No, 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 that's not how it works. Give me the talented one. I'll just take the talented one. That sounds great. Give me all the skills. That's not how it works. We don't always get to pick the parable we're living in, but we get to pick who we are in the parable. 
the stewardship that you take upon yourself to, to see what you've been given, the general gratitude that you have for the opportunities in front of you and the people that you're around. You can either choose to see yourself as a victim or you can choose to see yourself as a victor in Christ and to take advantage of them. And I love this because I think this for me just reminds myself that when I get down or frustrated or a little bit maybe comparisons creeps in, this, this is the thing that always brings me back to go, hey, I never promised equal parable treatment. <laughs> I never promised that each of us would fit perfectly into the best parables and that we'd all get the best results. No, no, no. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. And then he gave us multitudes of parables that the poor would feel completely absolutely neglected and forgotten and that their value is only seen in what they have and they have nothing and that the rich would see themselves as only being loved because of what they have not for who they truly are there are issues on either side of every problem there are things that navigating through takes stewardship discipline and truly believing that God's blessings are the greatest things that we can receive and only when we reflect those are we truly being a blessing to others so I, I like that. I just want to keep that, keep that up there. If that's just the only thing you take from today, that's okay. I know for a lot of us, uh, we kind of live in a culture here in the Midwest where uh, actions speak louder than words. And I know for me, I, I hear that and I know exactly what, you, what you're saying and what that means and I agree with you. Um, but I want to remind you that actions speak louder than words, but actions give weight to words. Actions give weight to words. I, I had the privilege of going and seeing uh, the documentary on Mr. Rogers a few nights ago. It was one of the most embarrassing stories of my life, but it was amazing. I went by myself, sat in the corner next to three women, and we all cried. I don't know who they are. I don't. At the end of it, she leaned over and she said, you came by yourself? And I said, my wife had Nickelodeon. I had PBS. <laughs> True story, all right? why I'm sick. I'm emotionally recovering. But the truth is in that story that, and I don't want to spoil it because it is almost an hour and a half movie of just, I highly encourage you when it comes to Redbox, please rent it. Watch it with your family. Even if your kids don't even know who he is, it'd be amazing for you to be able to translate some of the things that he taught you. Um, I didn't realize the show started in 1967. I was like, what? <laughs> but uh, one of the things that that statement right there just popped out is he's being, there's all these interviews by the end of this and it's all these people that have played a part in his show. All the people that have been around him his whole life. And the number one question is people that didn't know him because he's passed away now, um, is they want to know, was he really like that or was it, was it a facade? Was he really like that? And without a doubt, every person to the biker who ran his camera. He had a biker guy running his camera for years. To his wife, who knows him intimately and deeply. They would say, he is exactly who you saw. He is exactly who you saw all the time. He's exactly the person he was portrayed. He was nothing. He was portrayed as exactly the same person on screen and off screen. That's exactly who he was. And that just blew my mind because then the words that he sings, I like you, I like you just the way you are. I want to be your neighbor. When you hear those little tunes and little words, they don't become words anymore. Don't they? they just get weighty all of a sudden. 
that someone's life would line up with what they speak, that someone's life would not just be a facade to get words out, but would be a concrete foundation that words are formed on. Listen, when we choose to be a blessing, this begins to form in us an opportunity to see a firm foundation for our lives to move forward. Not just be a bunch of people with nice words and cliches, but to truly be people that live out what we believe to be true. Wouldn't you like to have a, like a formula that you can go, yes, this is it. This is what we're offering today. This is what we're talking about. This isn't something just grasped out of the stars. This is something taken from the life of Jesus and offered from his kingdom to say, hey, what if we just did this? And if you did this, how much more would your words be weighted when you chose to speak? That's why I think when Jesus says these words at the end of his ministry, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and he chooses to say these as one of the last statements he says to the people that are closest to him that have watched him uh, do his ministry for years, have seen him go to the cross willingly, have seen him be patient and kind, have watched him take the lowliest and accept them. And he says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now pause. When I see that and, and teaching you everything that I've obeyed and I, everything that I have commanded you, I, I don't I don't see a list of rules there. Can you put this in context? I don't see a list of rules, what Jesus is talking about. You know what he's talking about? Have you watched my life? Have you listened to the way that I have lived? Have you listened to not only my commands on the Mount of Olives, but the small conversations behind the scenes? Have you paid attention to all the ways that this kingdom is new. It's not about being right all the time. It's about pursuing righteousness. And there's a difference. Do you want to make a difference or do you want to make a point to something we say? And Jesus was deftly kind at making a difference. Because making a difference is intimate. It's with people, one-on-one. You know them. You're in their stuff. They know you. Making a point is at a distance. It's shouting from rooftops. It's screaming over the internet. It's declaring something without the relationship at the center of it. Jesus was incredibly gifted at that. So when I see that, I don't just read, hey, did you, you remember the golden rule? Though I think they're thinking about it. And I know they're going, yes, I remember it. And do you, do you remember the things that I, I taught you specifically about what this came? Yes. But I also think he's saying everything. Everything is included in this. For you and I, it's not about memorizing one or two verses. Yeah, for you and I, it's not about figuring out the one or two ways that we feel like we've got this all figured out. It's about recognizing that it's a process that's going to take some time. It's about realizing that the small conversations behind the scenes, in a small group, your own study, your own doubts and fears and hurts, it's about recognizing those are the places that Jesus wants to speak to as well. Being the church is not about coming to church. It's about being the church where you go. 
And if you want to come in here and pretend like this makes all your doubts go away and that the Bible makes perfect sense and that everything in here feels right, you, you can. But I promise you Monday is coming. And I promise you Wednesday is coming. And there are people in your life that don't need a one-hour, one-a-week solution. There are people that need a Wednesday morning, Monday morning, three o'clock in the morning phone call, hurting, hope. There are people that need something greater. And when Jesus says this, and surely I am with you to the very ends of the age, always to the very ends of the age, I think what he's telling you is, there's still more that I have not even had time to show you. There's more that is to come. There's more that is even yet to be unfolded. For some of you that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, I just encourage you to say, look, he's still with you. He's He's not given up on you. He loves you. He has accepted you. He believes you're valuable because you are made in his image, and yet he is not done teaching you. Though you may be 67, you are two in his eyes, and you are still a toddler, and he is still training you. He's still walking with you. And for some of you that are a little younger and you think you're, you almost have it figured out, you don't. You don't. You just don't. That's okay. There's something about knowing that someone's going to be with you that should encourage you and be with you always until the kingdom comes. The very end of the age. That's what that means. Till this world fades away and the new kingdom, the real kingdom, the eternal kingdom shows up. Being the church means being a blessing. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Being the church means being a blessing. I call to you this morning is just to, to, to take one letter, take one letter and find a way to live it out. Take one letter and find a way to live it out. And some of you in here, it's easy. It's eat. Sounds great, right? Do it. (laughs) For some of you, it's the grass that's next to you that's been growing and no one's cut it. And you're out there and you're thinking, I could, I could, and you haven't. Just cut the grass. For some of you, look, I know for some of you, you heard what I said about taking the shopping cart back inside Walmart. All right? And you're like, no way. I have watched some of you do it over the last two weeks. I'm so proud of you. That's all I'm going to say. I also forgot to do it one time, and I hope none of you saw me. But it's learning to set up little disciplines in your life that remind you of what you've been given and remind you of your responsibility to share, to offer what you have, to not hold it in, but to give it out and to give it away. Listen. Begin with prayer. Listen as a labor of love. Eat meals with people. Serve them, not as an obligation, but as an opportunity to love. And share your story because it shows and reveals how each story is a part of a bigger story. Because every person has a name, every name has a story, And every story matters to God. If we could do this together, we would be a blessing. A blessing that would reveal God's blessings.
to our church, to our families, to our cities, to our nation, to the world. Pray with me.